Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning into the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Sit back and enjoy inspirational interviews with Christian fiction and nonfiction authors from around the world who are on fire for God and committed to using writing as a ministry tool. Feel free to follow our show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Christian Authors on Tour or like our Facebook page, the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Well, 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 it is the fifth Friday of the month, March 31st to be exact, and wow, you're listening to the Christian Office on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. This is one of your hosts, Lynn Pender, and because it's fifth Friday, I have a special, gigantic uh, presence with me today, and it is none other than Pastor Steve Music Man Turner. Pastor Steve, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm highly favored and blessed to be here uh, with Dr. Lynn Pender. <laughs> Not quite yet, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, listen, I'm excited. Um, I'm always um, uh, pleased to to know when, when, when we have a fifth Friday of the month because I know that that's my time that I get to spend with you on the air. And you always come with such um, – humor and, 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 and witty, wittiness that, that, you know, I'm always looking forward to our Fifth Friday co-hosting opportunities. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're my new favorite person. <laughs> Thank you. Bless the Lord. <laughs> but listen, you know, we are excited. Christian Authors on Tour, this is 2023. This is our tour year. Uh, we are having some virtual events happening in the next couple of months, and then in December, we have a uh, Christian Writers Literary Festival that's happening at the Historic Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. That's on December 9th. So for those of you who are tuned in, be sure to visit our website, www.christianofficeontour.com, to get more information about joining us over at the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. It's a day-long event, and there is a fee, but the fee will also give you the opportunity of, of uh, uh, visiting the museum, um, all floors, all of the exhibits, and so it's going to be a, a great day, December the 9th, get ready. And then past the seas, the month of April, we have what we're doing, uh, April dinner and a conversation series as part of Tabba Tabba Tightknit. And so on April 5th, we have an author, King Teasdale. He is a co-author of the book, Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This? And April wow. is also... Yeah, April is also Poetry Month, and so on April 12th, we have Elder Gail Renee Moss, uh, 
and she's going to be reading some of her poems. On April 19th, we have our monthly Christian Writers Critique Dinner. So if you are mm. an author or you, you are an aspiring author, come on in, bring your pad, bring your computer, and we're going to be sharing writing tips and giving feedback on our writing samples. And then on April 26th, we have a CAOT info session. So if you're a Christian author, you want to come on board and participate in some um, connections and fellowship events where you can market and sell your books, but also connect with readers and other authors, come out on April 26th. All of these sessions are on Wednesdays, and they happen from 5 p.m. until 8 p.m. The admission fee is $20, and it includes dinner. Tabitha Titan is oh. located 4603 York Road, Baltimore, Maryland, 21212. And so, again, if you wow. want more information about that, you can find us online at www.christianauthorsontour.com. Yeah, Pastor Steve, we got a lot going on, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. I, I've been to Tabas, and they're, they're, it's a very nice place. And uh, I suggest all of Baltimore uh, start running some, you know, get some events out there. It's fantastic. May I ask yeah, you one question? And we're, we're hoping to get May you there to do your comedy show. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, there, there we go. On the twenty sixth, uh, since now, since I'm now single, will you have some uh, <clears throat> eligible women there? I don't know, Pastor Steve. Um, the twenty sixth is the C A O T info <laughs> session for Christian office for one of my favorite books. So, 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 I guess that's an opportunity for you to connect with some folks. But any of these nights are opportunities mm-hmm. for you to connect with folks, and that's a good point. Whether or not you're single, yes, or whether or not it's a married couple, it's an opportunity mm-hmm. for you to fellowship with other Christians. And so, come on out. Come on out. <laughs> yeah, come on out. <laughs> so listen, that brings us to why we're here today, 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 today. We are here because we have this phenomenal man that we are going to um, uh, introduce. His name is Billy Campbell. And um As noted on his website, he has been on a long road from being an abused, bullied, and molested kid to becoming a relatively successful dog trainer, business owner, and now author. His book, Moonlight, tells the true story of how Campbell learned to victimize those who victimized him. He learned how to play the system and make money, lots of it. He went from being a small-time, small-town thug to the military where he continued a life of crime. His life took a series of turns and landed him in the company of all sorts of people. His true life story of struggle comes full circle to when he received his awakening while in prison that began his road to redemption. Wow. So I'm excited to announce uh, Pastor Steve, Billy Campbell. Uh, Mr. Campbell, how are you, sir? I'm okay, young lady. How are you? <laughs> you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here today with us. Well, I'm glad to be here. 
And so I want you to talk a little more about Moonlight. How did you come up with that title for the book, Moonlight? Well, in the course of in the course of the things I did, I had I had probably a twenty eight year criminal history. Uh, in the course of the things that I did, I had a, a bunch of uh, adult bookstores in Maine, and the first one that I opened was called Moonlight Reader for a couple of reasons. It was a cool name for a, for a porno shop, and it was also I had a partner there named Bob Moon, so we put that together as Moonlight Reader and. Uh, uh, Moonlight seemed to be a, a good shot for the book. In the end, it probably wasn't a very good shot because there were so many things to go by Moonlight, but it was part of my life, you know. Wow, and that's a huge turnaround from where you are now. <laughs> Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Mm, heavy. Um, can, I ask, can I ask you a question, sir? Yes, sir. Yeah, you said you were in the, in the military, but you, what what branch were you in? I was in the army. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I forgive you, U.S. Marine here. But anyway, <laughs> I want to ask you, how could you do crime in the military? That's a, that's a, that's a concept. well. There's 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 adventures, some kind of stuff in the military like that. How did I do crime? Uh, I I was loan sharking. I, I I I was loan sharking. I would uh, ten dollars for fifteen. This is 1964 or something, right? Uh, so you can do that. I I was also in Germany for a while, and I would buy uh, cigarettes in the uh, PXs there, and I would buy up. They had ration cards. I would buy up the ration cards and then go sell the cigarettes on the on the market downtown, uh, mostly to Italian kids because uh, I, I I come from kind of a little mafia-type background, and I could uh, – well, my Italian wasn't fluent, but I could get by with them. And, and the American uh, the American CID, criminal investigation people, were uh, all Germans, so uh, dealing with the Italians made sense. Uh, you were an entrepreneur, that's what you were. Yeah, but it was illegal <laughs> entrepreneurship for the most part. Uh you know, when I was when I was uh, 12 years old, I was working on a, a farm that was in the middle of the city, uh, digging a digging a hole for my landlord that later became a seller with a pick and a shovel, uh, selling newspapers in front of the church and running a porno theater in my mother's basement. Uh, at one point, I robbed myself at the church because I needed the money to do something. So when it came time to pay for the papers, I told them somebody stole the money off the off the bench, right? Young. So, yeah, and so clearly you have had a a roller coaster ride in terms of making bad choices. What was it in your life? Um, what was it? You know, you mentioned you know um, going to prison, but what happened while you were in prison that caused you to have this great awakening? Okay, well. They took me out of Baltimore to uh, the feds. I was I was I, I was doing federal time with current concurrence in Maryland, North Carolina, and Georgia. Uh, uh, anyway, they took me out of Baltimore, and uh, Lewisburg was full, so they took us to a place in upstate New York called Otisville. All right, uh, I was on the on the compound there about. 
12, 14 hours or something, and I was called into the lieutenant's office, and they told me that I was uh, they're going to have to put me in segregation because my security level was too high. I was a danger to the staff and the inmates in the institution. Okay, so they put me in seg, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, anyway, uh, and while I'm in there, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of thinking, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy. I'm a pretty smart guy. And why am I in this cage? And all of a sudden, it was illuminated to me. The reason I was in this cage was mostly because of the drugs. I, uh, in the course of the course of things, the whole story is in the book. But from from Maine, I got in trouble up there. Sold my businesses to the mafia. All right, and came down here, and I started dealing cocaine in Baltimore. Okay, I developed a cocaine habit while I was doing a porno thing in Maine, and and uh, it got bigger and bigger here. I actually got uh, a guy who'd worked for me in Maine inherited a cocaine business here and left, and he gave it to me. I just happened to be here doing something else. Long, long story behind all of that, but okay. Uh, so I developed a real habit. By the time they had locked me up, I was doing about an ounce a day. Uh, so I had a ten thousand dollar week drug habit. So I'd do anything else that went by me too, you know, heroin, uh, pot, uh, uh, the second halls, anything that was around. Uh, I really liked uh, PCP. Uh, uh, anyway, so I, I figured out that the drugs were the reason I was there. They they made me too grandiose in my thing. I didn't I didn't think about the things I was doing individually, but I I do know that I screwed up because the drugs have my my mind screwed up. Before that, I had like a 28 year history with no more than five or six days spent in jail, you know. And they gave me 13 years, so that was the first start shot. Okay, so I started thinking about it when I finally got to Leavenworth, which is where they put me. Uh, I got involved in every program I could there. Okay, and then my girlfriend who was with me during the bust, her mother started writing me. Her mother was a Jehovah's Witness, and she started preaching. All right, and I kind of started listening, and I kind of started thinking, and then uh, I read the Bible three times, and I went to the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, services in there, though I don't do that anymore. There's a lot of things that they say that I don't really agree with in their dogma, but there's a lot of things I do agree with, but they put me starting to talk to God. I still call him Jehovah. All right. And and started asking for things, which ain't the way to do it. You know what I mean? I'm asking to get out of jail, right? Okay. Uh, in the meantime, he didn't let me out, but he got into my head, and I went to the services, and I listened, and I read, and I and I thought, and I, and, and I, and I realized that uh, in my past that he had kept me alive and through a whole lot of stuff. And then the only thing I, I should have been dead many times, and the only thing I can do is be grateful that he kept me alive. And and I figured well, maybe I ought to let him lead the way for a while. I like that right and there. That's beautiful. And it was difficult. Yeah. It was difficult. Okay. I'm headstrong. Uh, it was difficult, okay. Uh, but I, I'm where I am. T- I got a I got a pretty good business here. All right. Uh, started with 150 dollars. Went through that recession thing with uh, between Bush and Obama in 2008 and 2009, and, and had to bankrupt. And okay, but I had a my I looked at it this way. My payroll was due on Tuesdays. And I'd be broke on, on, on Sunday, and but he'd send somebody through the door. He'd send a way to get the money to do what I had to do to keep going. I don't, I didn't I didn't create that myself. The, the economy was so bad, and people were so tough, and they were putting down dogs rather than training them or boarding them. Okay. Uh, you know, God did that. 
right. He must have wanted it to work. Okay, and in the end, it did. And he, and he, and I, I believe he's put me in the positions he's put me in many, many times, just so that the step, next step, could be taken. In the meantime, I had to make the right choice and do the work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I get it. I, I believe it came from him, and I believe he led me to where I'm at now. So, uh, if there's any, you know, if there's any great thing, any great thing that happened to me, it happened because he brought me there. Uh, you went from grandiose to humility. I like that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. But you don't, don't you have to be? See, I, 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 I was, I was playing God all the time in the life I was living. Mm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> you said you were playing God all the time in the life that you were living. Wow, 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 wow. Now, one of the things we were talking about before we came on the air, you were saying how difficult it is to share this message to people who are kind of going through that same journey that you went through. Can you talk a little bit about what what inspires you to keep at it, to not give up well, on anybody well, walking down that path? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I can. I really don't get a whole lot of play. I'm, that's why I'm really glad to be here with you. Look, uh, real fast, I, I did some research. We got about two million people incarcerated in this country. All right. Okay, six hundred thousand go in every year. All right. The racial split on it: fifty fifty-eight percent white, thirty-nine percent black, two point six percent Native American Indian, and one point four percent Asian. Six hundred thousand are released every year. Okay. Within a year, 264,000 were back inside. Oh. Okay, 400,000 were back in three years, and in 10 years, it's 82% recidivism rate. Wow. Okay, we're, the, the military population of this country is about 480,000 troops. Okay, so mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're entering and releasing a, 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 an army in and out of society every single year. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay? And, and the big thing, my, my point is, and, and i got questions about it in my head somewhat, but my point is the hardest thing I ever did was get out of prison. Going in was easy. All right? Yeah. So for the guys coming out, there's got to be some real programs that don't just throw money at them, that help them move along in a way and help them understand that they're going to have some faith in some, themselves, some faith in God, some faith in the system, that they didn't have, most of them had no faith in any of these things before. Right, And I think right, if you can right. plant some of this in them somehow, that you're going to be able to help some of them. Now, the other thing, when I look at 10 years, 82% are back. That means I'm extremely rare. And out of the 82% within 10 years, some of those people who didn't go back are dead or crippled or, or, or actually back in action again, but just continuing to get away with it, they learned how to do it, you know? Yeah. Okay, so so, so, so get, stop, stopping that kind of cycle is important. I mean, stopping the cycle on the other end, too, these, these kids without fathers. I mean, everybody I spoke to in the penitentiary, every single one of them, it didn't matter about race or religion or uh, or mm-hmm. region of the country or any of that stuff. What it mattered was these kids did not have fathers. Yeah. <clears throat> very important. Yeah. 
Okay, these kids are not our fathers. That is a common thread to to everybody. All the human beings I met in prison, okay, I don't know any of them that had a father. Let me ask you a question. Uh, the uh, once uh, I had a job working for the mayor's office as a job developer, and I was wondering why all the clients came to my desk were so angry. They came from prison, and so I decided to go take a tour of Jessup with something called statewide statewide use industries, which uh-huh. uh, basically had them making uh, cherry wood desk for executives and Johns Hopkins and making tags for the <laughs> for the drivers in Maryland, and they only paid them like a dollar some change. I'm like, you got them working like slaves in in this prison, and they says because we paid them the highest we can. I said that's, that's no money because when you enslave them or imprison them, you also imprison their entire family. So shouldn't there be more? I guess uh, should employers come to the prison and try to recruit uh, and train uh, prisoners so they can actually be a, a commendable uh, participants in society? Any kind of training that somebody can come out and find some kind of gainful employment is important because most of them come out with no skills, okay, except whatever skill they had that got them in there. All right, so most of them go with no skills. So, yeah, things like that should be done better. There should be more, there should be more programs for people to get into the psychological programs or religious programs, uh, AA and NA things should be going on in there. Maybe some of these things are happening, right? Uh, when I, a few years ago, uh, I wrote to, I wrote to everybody in, that I could think of in Maryland or emailed everybody I could think of in Maryland in the federal system saying that I would like to somehow get involved in, in a pre-release program or something because I thought I would have something to offer these guys coming out. Okay, I never got one reply. I, I I just and look, I'm not an ideologue. I think people should go to jail. I think it saved me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I think I I think if they take kids off the street and put them right back in the same environment and expect a different result, that they they're insane and they're, you know. Okay, I, I, but but I think the prison should be different, and I think the release program should be different. And I think there should, there should be some people to help get into these guys' heads that there's another way to do things so you can have a good life, that there's things you can do without going back to where you were. Okay, you don't need Thank to get you. high. You don't need to pistol. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I uh there's there's other ways to do it and you know the only the, the only thing I got going for me is I lived it and I can kind of see it and I'm on their side. I guess I'm mm-hmm. on the side of society too, uh, you know what I mean? But that's that's superfluous. To, I'm, I'm concerned about the guys getting out that are going to just come out and go right back and get killed and they're never really going to have a life. Wow. I, I, wow. That's uh, so anyway. That that's the end of it that I kind of look at. I just actually put in an application. There's a new mayor's program in Baltimore about people being released or something. I, I, I put in an mm-hmm. application. Oh, uh, great. That is so great to hear. Yeah. Well, listen, Mr. Well, Campbell, if folks want to I haven't heard anything from any of the other places I did similar things with, so I'm not really counting on it, okay? And and I, I'm not well, an ideologue about this stuff. I don't. I don't. I don't think the most of the stuff they're talking about is the stuff that's going to work. But anyway, okay. uh, well, I'd like, I, I'd like to be able to coach some of these guys getting out, though. You know. 
And we're going to see how we can make that happen, too. If Mr. Campbell, if folks want to buy copies of your book, how can they get in contact with you, and where can they pick up copies of the book? The best thing to do right now would be go on the website, and the website is authorbillycampbell.com. A-U-T-H-O-R-B-I-L-L-Y-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L.com. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Pastor Steve, did you want to share anything? Um, okay. Oh, you mean an event? Or you're talking about something else? Okay. Um, so, um, Mr. Campbell, I'm so thankful that you were able to um, – you know, participate with us today, and I'm going to take you up on that challenge. I know a couple of people that are working with um, ex-offenders in different types of um, release, uh, post-release programs, and I'm going to I'm going to make the commitment to make the connection for you and some people that I know that are working in Baltimore, um, specifically since we're all in this Baltimore uh, region to try to make that happen so that you can do just what you said you want to do, your heart oh. desire, to be able to be more present with, <clears throat> you know, these men that are coming home to, to show them that there's a different way. Well, yeah, I'd like to put some effort into it. So if something comes up, that's wonderful. In the meantime, thank okay. you guys for, uh, for listening to me. Oh, it's no problem. No. You're welcome. Yes, yes. And yeah. so, so what's next? for you, Mr. Campbell. What's next? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've got my business here, which I really don't run anymore, all right? But I'm, I'm involved in it. I do sales on some of the classes and uh, and everything. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. i just uh, trying to keep my body moving and, you know, stay alive. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I know that's yeah. right. <laughs> I love the wisdom of our elders, the wisdom of our elders, can you talk a little bit about, go ahead and give a plug for your business. Okay, well, it's Canine Concepts is the name of it. We're in uh, the Sparrows Point area, which is between Dundalk and Edgemere, southeast Baltimore County. Uh, I started about 25 years ago. All right, we do all kinds of dog training. Most of it is regular obedience for, for uh, people that want their dogs to come when they call, not pull them down the street on the leash, stay in one place when they tell them to, don't bark at the window and jump on your company, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we also train dogs for, for different types of sports. Uh, Schutzen, which is a protection sport, tracking obedience and protection. We do personal protection dogs. We train for agility and scent work. We do handicap assistance mm-hmm. and, and therapy dogs. and. Uh, if it's dog training, we, we don't we don't do uh, hunting dogs, uh, gun dogs, or whatever they call them. But uh, in, in general, if it's dog training, we're involved in it here. And we we board, we do some grooming, we got a little, uh, and, and we, we specialize in, in in food and stuff for dogs that's healthy for them. Because most of that stuff you're going to buy at PetSmart or, or or Giant or whatever, and them them bags is is poison. Mm. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's supposed to eat. You know, they say love them like family, feed them like family. Would you feed them kids, your kids something out of them bags? No, indeed. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
says, it says your dog no, craves Casey. meat, and they sell you a bag full of bag full of brown rocks, right? Um, mm-hmm. That ain't meat. I don't. It don't look like meat to me. I don't know. I, uh, no, it's terrible. It's a Sixty billion dollar a year industry, and and most of them are just poisoning the customers. Wow. Mm. Mm. Well, that's really another is. blessing. That's another blessing just in terms of what you're offering through your business. And, again, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today, and um, I'm definitely going to be following up with um, uh, uh, Sean to make sure that we make those connections with you with some of the community activists that I know here in Baltimore that's working on those issues that you mentioned. Okay, well, I may be, I may be able to help. I'd certainly like to give it a try and hook up with him and see what's going on. So thank you. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you, and um, thank thank you, Pastor Steve. It's always a pleasure to co-host with you. Oh, did you say you were going to uh, treat me to a, a German Shepherd? Uh, uh, oh, do you uh, do you have a dog now? No, I don't. I, I, I was asking Dr. Pender if she's going to treat oh, you. To oh, a oh, you're shepherd. looking to get one. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't have. I don't have. I don't have any for sale now. But I can hook you up in the right places. Give me a call. Oh, I will, and Dr. Pender will help me, I think. Yeah, I'm a German Shepherd guy. All right, what, what church are you at, Pastor? I know that. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you offline, sir. I don't, I don't want okay. Dr. Pender to know. Okay. All right, thank you, guys. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Well, thank you again, you two. Um, that's, I love it. Make those connections. That's right. And thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in to the Christian Office On Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Again, visit our website, www.christianofficeontour.com, and be sure to come out and fellowship with us during the month of April, every Wednesday from 5 to 8 p.m., there's a dinner and a conversation series at Tabat Tight Knit, located 4603 York Road, Baltimore, Maryland, 21213. We hope to see you there. Until next time, God bless everybody.